Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Welcome back to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. And every week, I always say when I have a guest coming on that they are like cool as shit. And it's because every single person I have on my show is cool as shit. This weekend or this week is no different. I have my friend, Cindy Thaxton, who is a coach who works with teens and parents, and she can introduce herself so much better than me, but she actually works with teens and parents to create communication and collaboration instead of drama and fighting. So Cindy, I'm so glad that you're here and I'm so grateful for you, my friend. So tell me, what is it that you do? I know you're a coach and you work with teenagers, bless your heart. So what do you do? Well, thank you for having me, Julie. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Sometimes I ask myself that same question. What is it that I do? Um, It's really hard for me to nail it down because I just want to do everything. But everything that I do um, as a certified coach is around helping teens um, be proactive with their mental health. Um, So I am a teen life coach. I love, love, love working with teenagers. Um, And, but without working with their parents, things don't stick. So I've become also accustomed to working with parents, giving them the tools that they need to, um, you know, create this just compassionate, unshakable connection with their teenagers so that they can solve any problem together. So there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. And I just feel like parents have been unfairly cast out with this duty of handling all these things that we've never ever dealt with. And um, especially right now, I mean, it just keeps stacking on. It it does. I mean, I, I see, and like my kids are, my kids are grown. So I don't ever, I, but I'm watching my kids And my grandkids, and even though my grandkids are very small, I see the, I see the, the challenges that they have. Um, And I definitely want to dive into that, but I always ask everybody a question at the beginning and I have one at the end. Um, So the question I have now is we, this podcast, be the Phoenix of your own life, feminine rising. So we've all been in the shit pit of life. Um, Yes, I cuss on here. And so you have freedom to say whatever you want, because it would sound really stupid if I called it the poopy pit. So I call it the shit pit of life. (laughs) But we've all been in the ashes. So tell me about a time in your life where you were in the ashes of your life, and you rediscovered your inner phoenix. And how has that impacted your life since then? Ooh, (laughs) that's hard. That's hard. I mean, um, sometimes I feel like, you know, other people have like these really impactful stories and a lot of trauma and stuff. When I think about that question, I'm saying, oh, I don't really have anything. But then if I'm being real with myself, like that's not true at all because 
the thing that's popping up for me right now is my the second half of life is being a parent. You know, I I think it was really in the moment where I was just not being the parent that I wanted to be to my three kids. And I had, you know, met my husband late. Um, we didn't meet until age 35. I didn't even think I was even going to have any kids or have that opportunity. So we met and got married and had like three kids in three years. So wow, they're 38, 39, 40, like trying to get them all in before the age of 40, you know? And I was just like, wow, I've got to be this perfect mom. I didn't have a great relationship with my mom and it wasn't her fault. And I know that now, you know, she was just not available, you know, mentally and emotionally, um, having been a teenager when she had her kids and stuff, like she just didn't even know who she was. Um, so I think I set off into this like parenting journey, thinking that I was going to be this perfect mom, you know, and just going to have this amazing relationship with my kids and just be able to, you know, have everything that I couldn't have with my mom. And, um, wow, that, that, that took a turn because like, <laughs> they're human beings and, you know, <laughs> Everybody, like you can't control people, right? They are who they are. I just had no idea. Like nobody prepares you for this stuff. And my firstborn daughter um, just was a little different and she just couldn't get me. She couldn't get what I was saying. She just wasn't, you know, learning like the, the, the manners. I was trying to teach her manners. I was trying to get her to be empathetic when, you know, I, was, I wanted her to run up and hug the girls in the playground. And she was just like not having any of that. And, and I just, I was feeling like a failure as a parent. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, how come this kid isn't like getting what I'm saying? Like, why isn't she able to be this perfect kid? I'm giving her all the, you know, guidance that she needs and I'm being this great mom. And, you know, fast forward, you know, years and years as our relationship just started to get more and more strained. And I started to like see myself you know, becoming really angry and frustrated and just, you know, that the books, your defiant child, I'm like reading every book and, you know, she's pushing my buttons and I'm like, you know, telling every, you know, friend about this kid, this, you know, this defiant kid. And she's just the sweetest little girl, the sweetest little girl. And I'm going to start crying now. <laughs> It's okay. Trust me. uh, Tears happen on this podcast. Cussing happens on this podcast. It all it's it's okay because to me the 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 story that you share and the journey that you share is impacting another woman who's listening to this. Going, oh my god, I just read all those books and my kid isn't doing what I want. What I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think that? And I know I did it with with my kids. you know, do you think that we try and give them what we don't have so that they don't feel what we felt? Do you think that that's something that most parents do that, you know, oh, I didn't have this, so I'm just going to go overboard and give my kids everything so that they don't have to feel what I felt? Yeah, I think so. I mean, to some point, I think that's true. I, I don't think it's conscious, you know, I don't think we're like doing that consciously. Um, you know, I really believe that if I was super attentive and, and you know, raised my kids, I, you know, quit my job, my career of 20 years to stay home with these three kids. And, you know, I was going to do it hundred percent. I was going to do everything right, you know, and just, she just wasn't 
need. I didn't get her, you know, I didn't get her. And there was, I didn't even understand that I had this level of anger, you know, and it, it was something I guess that I had pushed away because there were times with my mom where I would get so frustrated that I would get physical, like physically mad, angry, slamming doors, like, you know, just in my teenage years, just being so violent and, you know, just, I don't know, outreach, just rage, the rage that would just come up inside me out of nowhere, like was unbelievable. And, you know, when I think back about that, I don't know what that was or where that came from. I, I don't know. I've never cleared that, but, you know, it came out in, with friends. There would be mm-hmm. times when we'd be out, um, you know, in bars or whatever, we'd have a couple of drinks and then I'd end up getting into a fight, a fist fight in a bar. And I have to tell you guys, you guys can't see Cindy. And we were talking about this earlier. Cindy is, well, she's beautiful, but she's got this long hair and she's very, you can hear her voice is so comforting and nice. And when I first met her, I was like, oh my God, she's just like this perfect person. And then she dropped the F-bomb and I was like, oh, I love her now. Okay, here comes, here comes, here comes Cindy. Yes. You can rise out of the ashes, but there's still some ashes on you. Girl, there's always ashes. You just brush them off and you're like, oh shit, look, there's another little piece of ash right there. But you know what? I think it creates who you are. And I think that by going through all of that, when you were a teenager and feeling that rage and feeling that anger, and the key was, you just said, I didn't clear it. Yeah. So now you have a teenager and let's just face it. Teenagers, I love you. If I have any teenagers listening, y'all suck. I mean, I sucked as a teenager. I was mean. I was. I'm going to stop you here because this is what I learned. That is just so false. That is just not true. Teenagers are amazing. It's just that parents, adults, we don't, we don't get them because we, we feel triggered by them because they're actually little mirrors. They're, they're like little mirrors reflecting back the, the parts of us that we have forgotten about as adults. And that's exactly what happened to me with her. Like I was, I was being, you know, I started to have after all these years of adulthood and then having a 20 year career, you know, I was composed. I had passed through all those times where I would have these, you know, angry fist fights and just this rage, like it was gone. I, I just, it was a part of my past and I never even knew that I had it. Like I forgot, I completely blanked out about it. And then I had this, you know, toddler, this seven-year-old, this eight-year-old, this nine-year-old, this 10-year-old who just found that button. She found that, that, that spot. <laughs> poke, 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 right? poke, poke. But what I didn't know, and this is the part where I say everything changed. That's not okay. Like that was always my work. That was never her. It was always my work to be done. I didn't understand what was happening. It was my emotions. It was my inability to understand what was triggering me. Right. And, and it was just so convenient, easy to put it on this kid because society wants you to say, oh, toddlers, it's so hard. Oh, teenagers, they're so hard. They're, they're such little shits. No, they're not. That's our work. That's our gift. When we have teenagers, when we have toddlers, when we feel stressed and triggered and pressured, it's because we have work to do. And it's actually a gift to be able to be a parent and find those spots that you haven't cleared. Right. I had no idea that I had that anger inside of me. And, and when I look at back now, which is why I'm doing what I do, if I just could only have known this then, you know, only understood that that was my work to do back then, 
Like, how would I have handled her? What would our relationship have been like? I mean, I'm so, so grateful that it happened and it was a gift. And I'm so grateful that I was able to fall into this coaching um, life, right? And get these tools and skills to, I was getting these tools and skills. I entered into the coaching career because I was watching her as I am raising her to be this perfect kid. And then I'm putting her into schools and I'm watching her. I'm in the schools. Like I said, I'm a hundred percent mom. Now I'm going to be at every school, every like, you know, play group yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing the things I'm volunteering. I'm always in the school. I'm painting walls. I'm doing all of it. And I'm watching like her not fit in. And I'm watching kids run away from her and laugh at her. And I'm just saying, what the F this is not going to happen to my kid. That happened to me growing up. I was excluded. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, the one sitting in the classroom every time we moved to a new school and notes were being passed around about me. People were whispering and giggling about me. Like that was, that was me. And I, I, that was all, that all came alive again um, with her. And I was like, no, 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 no. This isn't going to happen to her. There's no way I'm letting my child walk this path, you know? Um, So I became a coach. I was like, I've got to do something to fix these other people. (laughs) I'm (laughs) going to change the world. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with me. Everybody in the world is screwed up. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm going to get rid of bullies. That's it. This relational aggression. I studied it deeply. It's it's just the whole click mentality. It's just, you know, the power of clicks and exclusion and how people, you know, can exclude each other and, and get like a high off of that. You know, how everybody clicks and bonds together. That's what bullying is. And that's exactly why I went into this field because I didn't want my child who I was noticing now at this point that's a little bit different, you know, um, just socially couldn't acclimate. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna study this. So as I entered into this life coaching journey, the certification process is a year long. And every weekend that I went into the city to get trained, you know, you had to do the work. Yeah. And whoa. Every weekend, my mind was blown. I was like, whoa, oh my gosh, this is me. This is my stuff, right? It just all started peeling off all the layers. I didn't even know what a life coach was. I had no idea what I was walking into when I walked in that door. It just presented itself and I walked through. It was crazy, right? Yeah. Um, But I just started to see like all of a sudden, like I, my mother, I forgave her for everything that I was blaming her for. All of a sudden, I looked at my kids differently, my husband differently. Every single relationship I had started to change because I figured it, I figured it out. It was me. It was all the stuff, you know, inside of me that I didn't recognize. I hadn't healed it. And it was all beginning to just surface. And now I was able to look at her without judgment, without blame, you know, and and take responsibility for my own emotions and my own triggers and understand, whoa, this, she's just a different human being and she has a beautiful brain and it's different than mine and that's okay. And then all of a sudden I was able to see her as a whole person. You always hear that expression, see her as a whole person, treat the whole child, but like, you don't know what that means. Like it's just on paper. This is what it means. Like it means, you know, you got to stand in her shoes. There's no five-year-old that is pushing your buttons. They're not that, you know, that's not their intention. If they're pushing your buttons, that's your work to do, right? Like that's a gift. <laughs> I can I can hear people listening to this right now going, oh shit. Because <laughs> you, you think about it, you're, you're right. A two-year-old doesn't have the capacity to think, oh, this is pushing mom's button. They're just trying to express 
all of this stuff inside and they don't have the the pathway or the ability or the mental acuity to express it and here's the one thing that i find is we want them to express it in the manner that we want to hear it yeah instead of just allowing someone to express it in the best way that they can at that point in time we tell them well it's okay to be upset but you have to be upset like this Right. And you have, and we have this expectation that they're able to communicate at our level. We're adults, you know? And, and if you think about, if I think about how I, you know, would get frustrated and angry and throw an adult temper tantrum, you know, at this child who had no idea what was going on, because as it turns out, she's on the spectrum. So her brain is different. She doesn't understand emotions. Um, she doesn't process emotions the same way, you know, a a normal person would, I want to say normal person. Of course she's normal, but her brain is wired differently. Right. And there's a lot of kids whose brains are wild, wired differently. And then, you know, when we as parents are not educated around that and we don't understand that and we don't have the tools to regulate and handle our own emotions, we can't communicate with our kids. And then we start to stack on, you know, our own heavy emotions and reactions, reactions, reactions. And then they're trying to process that. And then they, it's like, you know, the kid going to put their hand on the hot pot and they burn their hand and they're not going to do that again, obviously, because it hurts. But emotionally, every time we act out like that at our kids, it's like the hot pot. You know, it's like they just got burned and they don't know what to do next. Now they don't know how to be. Now they have another layer and another layer. And, and by the time they're teenagers, they don't even know how to express themselves, right? Oh. Because they don't never had the tools and we didn't have the tools. Right. It's like, and people make a joke about it and you hear it all the time. Oh, parenting doesn't come with a manual. That's why I'm so grateful for what you do because you are the manual. Like you have now done the work you've taken the all of the things that you've learned your life experience you've gone through the certifications and now you have the ability to help where I thought it was interesting in the beginning where you were like I want to help teenagers I want to help teenagers and then you had the realization well shit if I'm going to help the teenager most of the time I've got to help the parent yeah I guess where I why I landed on teenagers now is because you know, every, every time I think about my discovery, you know, and how it happened too late, I think about all of the parents who are about to have, you know, this launch of their teenagers into adulthood. And I think about how many families I've helped and teenagers that want to just completely disown their parents at this point, because their generation is so different. Mm -hmm. right? And what I want parents to know is that it's never too late to repair that relationship. It's just, it's never too late. It doesn't matter. Like I repaired a relationship with my teenagers. I have such an amazing bond with all three of mine. I'm such an advocate for them now. There are no temper tantrums. There's never any yelling. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. It's me, it was my work, right? And now I've been able to model for them how to handle their emotions, right? I have all of these tools and skills to be able to actually have such an unshakable authentic connection with them that we can communicate, talk, hash it out. It's such a safe space to, to be, right? And all the stuff that we've gone through with, you know, this pandemic and, you know, with my daughter's mental illnesses, right? It's, it's been a safe space. And that is my goal is to let parents know that 
you know, it's never too late to do the work on yourself and it's never too late to repair a relationship with your kid because you want them to come back as adults. You want to have that beautiful adult relationship with your adult child in the future, right? You know, a real one, not where they yeah. just feel like they have to come over and put this hat on and, you know, and say, oh my God, I got to go to my mother's house for Thanksgiving. Like, this is going to suck, right? No, like, like really like want to be around each other and, and really appreciate, you know, the upbringing that's my goal. Cause I feel like families are just so disjointed, you know, and just so disposable these days. And people just can't wait to get away from their family members. And, you know, I think the world is a mess right now. And if you don't have your family, you know, I want to bring back the family unit. If you don't have your family, like, what do you have? Like you're just bumping around like too much autonomy. Like there needs to be some place, some foundation, some safe space where you can always come back and rely on somebody and be who you are you know, without feeling judged, there's got to be some space in your life where you can go and feel like it's home, right? Oh, I, I love, love, love that because it took me so long to have that relationship with my teenagers because here's the, the thing that I've learned is that when my kids were growing up, I was growing up. Yeah, I was still growing up. I, you know, I had my oldest son, I gave up for adoption, but my middle son I raised. And then I, then I chose to take in a, a foster child who was a teenager because I'm kind of like you, I love teenagers because I, I remember being a teen and I remember how hard it was. And, and I was, you know, an alcoholic and an addict and doing all that kind of stuff. But even in that, the, the shit that I drug my kids through it took a long time for me to have that relationship. Now my kids love it. Like when I go back to Oregon and see my kids or, you know, when I go see my mom or my mom comes and sees me because we have restored those relationships. And I think it's funny because do you find a lot of times that when you get new clients that they come in, they're like, here, fix my kid. Oh yeah. Fix my kid. There's something wrong with my kid. They scream and they yell and they cuss and they swear and they just yeah. won't get off their phone. And they're right. all about social media, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's what happens. You, you know, the, the parents want to like, you know, send their kids to therapy or send their kids to life coaching. I mean, actually, you know, life coaching is different than therapy. Um, Huge. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a big difference. Um, but yeah, they want you just to fix their kid. Like my kid is rude. My kid doesn't treat me with respect. My kid doesn't do the chores. I can't get my kid to be motivated, especially now with this um, pandemic and this remote schooling for over a year and a half. I mean, can't get my kid out of his room. They're always on their screen. Like all of these things, like it's just my kid, my kid, my kid. But like, as a parent, like you have to have the tools, right? Especially right now. Like I think the generation, the next generation, I'm, you know, I have teenagers, uh, but the, the kids who grew up with technology are going to be so much better parents for their kids with the technology. Right now, we are still like flailing around. We don't even understand what it's like to use this technology with a right. teenage brain, right? So we're handing our kids these devices and we have no idea really what's going on and how it's impacting them, how it's influencing them, what they're seeing day to day, like an hour in their room on a screen. You can imagine how many 15 second videos they just watched and how many seeds were dropped and how many people influenced them. And like, you know, we have to be able to be the influence in our kid's life. We have to be able to stay and remain the primary influence in our kid's life. And we're not going to be able to do that without knowing and seeing them truly holy for who they are. We have to be able to have such a tight relationship that we can see if there's something coming up in them. We have to be able to see the warning signs, right? We can't 
let them be behind closed doors and work on our businesses. You know, we can't be so successful in every area of our life while our kid is behind the, the door getting depressed, you know, being in a depression. Like we have to take responsibility for what's happening behind that closed door. And that starts with a relationship, right? A real relationship, right? And, and you need tools to do that today. I'm sorry. Like we need, you need to be emotionally fit to raise a child or a teenager today. You must have these soft skills that nobody ever taught us. We must. We so, must understand where our triggers are coming from. We must understand, you know, how to question ourselves, how to ask ourselves better questions. So when, so for the women that are listening, going, holy shit, this is me. I need this. I need this. I need this. And where can they start? Like, where do you even, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, this is so me. I need this. Where, where can they start? What's like one, one step that they can take to start this journey? Well, I have a free Facebook group um, that they could join. I do a lot of free live videos about just these, you know, just these different topics. And, and when your team does this, like, this is how you can act. Like here's five tips that you can do in this situation. So there's just to kind of get familiar with it, you know, just to start hearing the language and understanding like what emotional fitness even is, what is emotional intelligence? Like, what is that, right? Just to, to start getting some of the vocabulary, you know, under their belts. Um, but also just, I have some programs that I, I work with parents. Um, I have teen programs that I, I do right now too. But again, like some teenagers just don't, aren't willing Right. And when right. your teenager is not willing to go see a life coach or go see a therapist, like there's so much you can do as a parent, you can start with you, you can shift the relationship and the way that you're showing up in it. You can learn how to communicate differently, you know, to create a more trusting relationship, right. So that they'll open up and tell you more, like you start with you, you have to start with you. Right. Um, so that could be, uh, I do private coaching and I also do programs for parents, um, group programs. I have, you know, monthly masterminds where, you know, other parents start to hear and, you know, talk to each other and support each other. You know, we, we need to support each other. We can't go at this alone. That's the other thing. Like, you know, you can't sit behind your closed door and not, you know, and, and have all this shame and, and feel like you can't talk about this. Like, it's really important. Kids' mental health is declining rapidly. And we have to know the signs and we have to be able to talk about it because we can't help, you know, our teenagers and not just our own, but we should be, you know, the village. We have to help all the teenagers right now. Like, look what they've been, look what they've been through. Yeah. I think that's, you know, in that whole saying, it takes a village. It, it truly does. And, and it starts with us as parents. It's not that you take your kid to a therapist or to a life coach or to any Thing, any program and you're like here fix this your kids aren't broken they're not I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that and I used to have it about my kids I was like well my kids are broken it's like you know here fix this it's broken the ki- they're not broken they're human beings that are going through a time that is never I mean we have more technology we are more connected yeah than ever, but we are so disconnected because you go into a restaurant and what do you see? You see a whole family sitting around on their phones, texting each other at the table, but not having a conversation. And the technology has come in and, and it's an amazing tool. But I think that our generation, because you and I are the same age and 
our generation, we don't really understand. We'll hand our kids and say, I remember Malcolm. I'm like, here, Malcolm, how do I do this? Or, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm brand new on TikTok. How the hell do I do this? I go find a teenager because they'll teach me how to do it. So that's that's so true with with, with the tool. And we can look at this technology and think it's a tool. But you know what? When you hand that technology and the social media to a child who is struggling, with their oh, it's that's giving them a bomb rest or feeling anxiety. You know what? That tool is working against them because they can get a goddamn tutorial on how to kill themselves. They can, you know, Oh yeah. my daughter, I mean, I don't know, this is the end and I don't want to ramp up, but you know, when my daughter was struggling with her emotions and I didn't understand how to help her, you know, she found, they, they will find a way to cope with their emotions. Yeah. Her coping mechanism ended up being eating disorder. Right. Um, I can talk all day long on another podcast about eating disorders, eating disorder awareness, but oh, I will have you back on story short. One. Like, you know, what I found on her Instagram and what I found on her social media and TikTok uh, is how to starve yourself. Basically a five bite diet, you know, 100 calorie a day diet, like the stuff that you can find on there. And then you're, and then it, then you're the algorithms just load more things like that onto your feed, you know? So everywhere she looked are these skinny anorexic bodies, pro anorexic uh, channels, just how to be anorexic. It's just this community of, of kids basically starving themselves together. And, and then you, you satisfy all these needs feeling like you're making progress. Oh, you look better because society wants you to be skinny and thin. Oh, and I have all these other people that are doing it too. And then you get the personality of having this competitive personality, this all or nothing personality with the autism. And, and yeah, she's going to nail it, right? Oh it. my God. It's really scary. You need to understand what your kid is going through and you need to understand if they're not in a good place mentally, the technology is, is there is the worst thing for them. And we need to be able to not, and this was, this is probably one of the greatest things that I, that I tell Malcolm when I talk to him about him growing up is I, I apologize. Cause I told him, I said, honey, I tried to be your friend. Mm. I wasn't your parent. Yeah. I wanted to be your friend. So like when I would, and technology was still new and he's 28. So, you know, you figure 10 years ago, technology is and 15 years ago, technology has completely changed. But even back then, when I would take his phone, he would get so upset and so angry. And I would just, you know, it, to keep the peace, give him, give it back. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I wish that I would, well, no, because everything happens for a reason. Right. And my son is an incredible young man now with a, a wife and a child. So Looking back though, like you said, if I would have had the tools, what would have been different? Although I love everything that's now, the people that are listening, now you have someone who has some tools for you. And it's funny because I don't bring people on my podcast to say, here, go buy their program or go see them. It's to bring awareness that this is happening that there are people that have specialties that can help you if it's not something that you can do or if it's not something that they can financially invest in what would you suggest them to do if that's where they're at if they're like oh my god i really want cindy to work with me get in her free facebook group and by the way the when the show notes which are the notes down below all the links to get a hold of Cindy are going to be there, like a free group on Facebook. You can go join it. 
what's something that they can do though if they're sitting there going oh yeah you guys that's all well and good but um i i don't have a job right now you know it's pandemic i'm i'm struggling what's something what's a piece of advice that you could give someone that could help them start now just that there's so many resources out there um you know i would say just to to just start witnessing their own emotions just start witnessing you know what is triggering them and you know, just to start to really t- pay attention and maybe even write down, you know, what you're frustrated with. Cause you know, you can't do better until you know better. And when we just try to react, 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 we're not even understanding where the breakdown is, right? So just pressing pause and just seeing your child from their own, you know, from, from their shoes, like what it must be like to be in their shoes right now. It's not about forcing them to be somebody else, right? It's about understanding you know, and listening, just really listening to what it must be like for them, getting super curious. So compassion and curiosity, you know, lead to collaboration, right? Trying to work with a teenager, trying to get in their shoes and see what it must be like, what they're struggling with, you know, what pressure are they under right now? Um, And just noticing in yourself, like where it is that I feel like I have no tools, like what are the situations? Because there's tons of resources out there, free resources everywhere, um, but you can't, you can't look for them if you don't know what the problem is. So it, you know, I, I would say just start with pressing pause, you know, and really trying to untangle like what is the problem and where do I feel triggered? Where do I feel frustrated? Where do I feel, um, you know, unsafe? Where, where do I feel like my kid is unsafe? Because we, we are parenting from fear and that's what it is because it's a scary world, right? Yeah. And it's all fear. So when you parent from fear, it's all reactive. So really just tap into that love, tap into the love and parent from love and just get really curious from a place of love. And from there, you'll be able to know what resources, you know, to look for. Oh, I love it. Cindy, I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so glad that you decided to do this because I I know that it was a little intimidating, but you just, the information that you shared was phenomenal. Um, so if anybody, so if anybody wants to connect with Cindy and they're like, I need to get into a free Facebook group. Um, I need, I think I realize that I might need some help parenting my teen. How can they find you? Uh, well, my company is rate life at 10. So rate life at 10. Um, so rate life at 10.com is my website. Um, they find me on Facebook, my profile, just Cindy Thaxton. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Awesome. My Instagram is rate life of 10. I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Perfect. And oh, then right. I'm going to put all the links to get a hold of you down in the show notes. Um, so if you could give one piece of advice to the mamas and the people that are listening the aunties, because it doesn't matter whether you're a mom, you an aunt, a sister, some cousin, you you're, you're somewhere, you got family. What's one piece of advice that you would leave everybody with? I would say that um, every behavior, every negative behavior is a sign of an unmet need. So when the behavior, you can look at that as a red flag, right? There's a need that's not being met in the teenager. So rather than trying to you know, fix it right away, try to understand it you know, try to understand it just through compassion. 
I love that because if you think about it as an adult, when we get real negative, it's because there's a need that isn't being met in us in our lives. So if we step back and like you said, I love that, press the pause button, there's a need that's not being met. So instead of going at it, like you need to change, it's what's going on and how can I, how can I help and why am I reacting the way that I am? So yeah, that is perfect. Well, Cindy, I love you, my friend. I appreciate you. I'm so grateful for you and family, friends, it is Wednesday. So we get to slide on into the weekend. Enjoy your weekend, whatever it is that you're doing. Dance in the kitchen, dance someplace, dance everywhere. And remember, no matter what, that you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored, and you are so worthy of everything. And your children, they need you. They need you to be, they need you to be healthy, not not only physically, they need you to be healthy mentally. So take time for you, take time for your children and reach out because Cindy is a wealth of information. And I'm just so grateful that she was here. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you. And remember, you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored, you are worthy, and you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired. And if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much and have an absolutely magical day.